0: morning. How y'all doing today? That good, huh? Hey, y'all woke up breathing. So that's a good thing. At least I hope you got in here breathing. All right. Thank you, Matthew. Hebrews 10. Turn to Hebrews 10 is where we're going to watch out of this morning. Hebrews chapter 10 and you know we've been talking for several weeks about putting the pieces together and the, the first few weeks we talked about grace and understanding what grace is and how that applies to our life and um, how we need to really recognize what God did for us and so and then for two or three weeks we talked about salvation and about even more in depth about what he did for us and what we needed to do to accept that and so today we're moving into um, putting the pieces together, and I'm calling today 101, you know, because this is where you need to start. You found out about grace, hopefully you've accepted Christ, now what do you do with it? And I think the very first thing that you have to figure out in our Christian walk is in Hebrews chapter 10, we'll start in verse 23, is church. What is church? You know, and, and we did a whole series on we are the church, and we kind of define what that means. But, you know, I want to talk a little bit more into it this morning about church and about the importance church is to us. And so let's go ahead and get started. In Hebrews chapter 10, we'll start in verse 23. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who, is, who, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another onward toward love and good. not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you for today. Father, and I just ask, Father, I beg that as we talk about church, Father, we see the importance, not in the building, but of gathering together. Father, and how you tell us that we should do this. Father, we love you son's name I pray amen. so this morning, whenever you look at that and you start looking at that scripture as I was getting ready, I run across this quote and it said, "The habit of the local church teaches us how to be more like Christ don't give up meeting together but to value but value the vital work of the local church in forming us into a community that reflects Christ." And so there's value in us being together this morning. There's value in us meeting together. There's value in us going into small groups. And, you know, you hear Frank, you hear Donnie, you hear Mike, you hear myself talk about small groups and talk about corporate worship and how all that works together. You know, and last week, I'll be the first one to tell you I put God in a box. Because whenever we decided to do our relaunch last Sunday, I told Miss Eve 150 cinnamon rolls would be good. Well, guess what? Mike was scrambling to get to Mary Lee's to get donuts because we run out of cinnamon rolls. You know, and so the ones that didn't get cinnamon rolls, I'm sorry, we'll do it again one day and you'll be the first ones to get them because they was good. But you know what? I put God in a box. I never would have dreamed we'd had 186 people show up the first Sunday back in sunny school. That's how big our God is. And that's how, why it's important. And so whenever you start looking at this, you know, and you see, and he starts out strong because what does he say? He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Right there, he's saying, you need to do this. You need to fall in line and you need to not veer. You need to meet together. And right there, that sounds overwhelming whenever you start looking at it. But, but the importance of it. You know, because the Christian life was not meant to be lived alone. It was meant to be lived with the Holy Spirit guidance and a group of believers. You know, we can't go through life as lone rangers. We can't do this. You're going to fail. And that's why God's telling us you need to meet together. You need to hold to this unswervingly and meet together. But then he goes on and he tells us how to do it. You know, he says you need to meet together. And then he goes on and says, let us consider how we may spur one another on... Towards love and good deeds. How can we be there to encourage each other? How can we be there to hold each other accountable? How can we be there to keep moving forward in this Christian walk? Well, you need to be with other people. But what do we do? What do we do? Let's just get honest. What's the first thing to go on our weekends for a lot of us? Sunday church. You know, we'll say, "Mm, I got to do this. And so if I only can pick one, I'm going to pick this other and not Church. Well, that's not what God's telling us. God's saying, hold unswervingly to the hope we profess so that i the one that comes from the one that's promised. You know, so we need to do it. So, you know, so as we're meeting together and as we do it, but let's break the word church apart because I think too many times we say, well, it's the building. No, it's not the building. We have church at my house on Tuesday nights. We have church at my house on Sunday nights. We have church at Poppies at times. We have church at Duke sometimes. Or in a parking lot. It's whenever you get together with believers and you start sharpening each other and you start holding each other accountable. This is the church. If we all got up and went over to Johnny's parking lot, we would still be Live Oak Baptist Church. We would be the church where we're, where we're at. I would venture to say that, Ms. Celeste, you had church at your house this week when that group of men showed up to put the roof on, didn't you? And it was a good day, wasn't it? Because that's what church is about, and so whenever you start looking we get all we, we want to define it as buildings it's not these buildings if Hurricane Delta would have leveled these buildings, we lost an awning that we really didn't use anyway, but if he would have le- if that hurricane would have leveled these buildings, we'd have still had church this morning because we're the church, and that's what scripture is telling us, and so we need to understand that you know in ephesians one twenty two it tells us that, that Jesus is the head of the church. He's over everything. In Acts eleven twenty two, it goes down even further, and it says, it, defines, it says the church was in Jerusalem. So we're the church. We're the church in Watson. And so we need to hold to that. We need to make it important. But what do we have to do? How do we get there? You know, because an important function of the church is to form its members in a greater Christ-likeness. You know, if you come in worship. You're going to hear me, and you've heard Brother Howard for 24 years talk about how we should grow in Christ. When you go in Sunday school, you're going to hear it in more detail because there's a plan to help move us from here to here so that we're more Christ-like. But you know what happens? A lot of us, you know, whenever you go back, how does a baby, you know, you start a baby drinking milk, don't you? But they don't stay on milk their whole life. You look at me, I'm not on wholesome milk no more. I like ribeyes. But, you know, you have to graduate a baby. You know, you start them, and it's been a long time since I had a baby, but you start them on milk or formula, you know, and then you kind of go to a little bit softer foods, and then the foods start getting firmer, and then the foods start transitioning, you know. And so, but if you left them on milk their whole life, they would always be a baby. Well, in our walk with God, we have to grow because He wants us more like Him. So we have to graduate and we have to progress. And how do we do it? We come in worship. This should be our entryway into it. We come in here and we hear the gospel. We hear what he's doing. And then we should be moving into small groups. Because in small groups, that's where the accountability takes place. And that's where you, know, you start holding people to, to what they need to do and how we need to live. And they start learning more about God. And they start learning more about what he can do for us. And so you have to do that. You know, years ago, I was sitting in a meeting with um, a, a real good friend of mine that passed away several months ago. And we was in a planning meeting. And I think Frank might have been in this meeting. And it was a late night. And we was getting ready for a thing that we used to do at Amen called Judgment House or The Choice. And so we was in a planning meeting. And so I would missed supper. And my wife, being the magnificent wife that she is, had went to Lone Star with her family. And they, so they dropped me off a ribeye at the meeting. And so I'm eating that ribeye like no tomorrow in front of everybody while we're meeting. Well, Bobby looks at me and he says, Johnny, he said, that's just plum meat. I said, what are you talking about? He said, my wife's got me on a juice cleanse. I said, that's your fault. And he said, well, I, I can't eat that. And so I just cut a piece and put it on the fork. And I said, here, just suck the juice out of it. You know? He didn't like that. But you know what? Because you don't get the same thing. Think about it. You can suck the juice out of a steak, but you don't get the same flavors when you chew it up and swallow it. And it's the same way with God's word. It's the same way with our Christian life. Too many times we limit our life because we come in and we get just enough. We get our card stamp. We'll, we'll pray and we'll accept him and we'll walk into those waters. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. We might get baptized, but then that's where our walk ends. We give it a half effort when it comes to worship, to coming to worship. We give it a half effort if we choose to go to small groups, to Sunday school or grow groups or stuff like that. We never really experience God. You know, I can tell you today as a 52-year-old man, I'm experienced God in a way that I never thought I'd experience when I was 15 or 16 years old when I accepted Him. I've seen things I never thought I would see. But if I would have just kept drinking milk, and sucking the juice off that steak bite and not chewing it up, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And so when you think about your life, you know, what are you doing? How are you living for God? And, and that's what's important. You know, I, I texted a few people, and I, I'm going to just read you some of their responses. This, this is You've heard of Barna Group? This is the Morgan Group. My question was, what is church to you? So here's some of our responses. The accountability, encouragement, fellowship, and disciple-based teaching in a local church home helps the spiritual growth and mature the believer to resist the devil's distractions. That's one person. A different person. Referencing the scripture that I just read, Hebrews 10.25. He said that we exhort each other through our testimony, love, compassion, passion for the Word, and the presence in order to rebuild what life we have. The world is torn down so that we may more effectively follow the Great Commission. Somebody else said the church helps us stay focused on God and not on the issues that we may have. Somebody else said the church is our time for spiritual nourishment. Just as we need physical nourishment in order to grow physically, we have to be nourished spiritually in order to grow spiritually. Without nourishment, our spiritual life will suffer in the same way as our physical life without physical nourishment. I got another one said the church... Challenge us, challenges us to be best spiritually, to be our best spiritually, and embraces us and covers us with grace when we are weak. Another one says it important. It is important because it keeps me connected spiritually. Without the church, I would be lost. Helps it helps me grow to have others that are growing with me, and they teach me how to continue to grow when I'm drifting or feeling unsure. And it keeps me connected and reassured. The church is like a safety net when I fall. Someone is always there to catch me. And tell me that it's okay that the church and the church keeps me accountable. The church teaches me, feeds me, loves me, and basically keeps me on a path to want to know, grow, and go. I like how they incorporated our thing into it. That's bonus points. It's like the little pocket tool that does everything. He feeds me, teaches me, and helps me draw closer to Him. The Lord gives me the things I need to help others. And if I can't, it's a resource so I can get the answers. And then another one said, the church gives me perspective and examples on what it looks like to be a follower of Christ at the different stages of my life. And so, you know, that's just some of the the church's response to what it looks like. But, you know, um, the church, a lot of times we paint these pretty pictures that the church really can't achieve. A lot of times we set ourselves up for failure when we walk into church because we say the church is going to be perfect people. And the church is going to be doing this and doing this. And when they walk in, they forget that everybody sitting in the church is just as messed up as we are. And so, you know, whenever you walk um, into a... And I haven't been in a mall in years. Does anybody still go to the mall? Do they even have a mall anymore? When you walk into the mall, they literally spend thousands and thousands of dollars catching your attention as soon as you walk in, don't they? They have people that are paid to design the windows. So that whenever you walk past the store, you say, Oh, I need to go in there and see this, or ooh, I need this. And then, you know, so from the time you walk in, the smells that you smell, everything you experience in a mall is to get you to want something, right? And get you to, to desire something that you don't need. Well, now it's like that on the Internet, because I don't go to the mall, but I'll flash open Amazon And it knows just what I'm looking for. Does does anybody get kind of nervous whenever you look for something on Amazon? And then when you get on Facebook or Instagram, it shows just what you just looked at? That's the government. And so, huh? That's Big Brother. Exactly. And so, you know, all of that is to entice you in to get you to want something. Well, it should be that way with our walk with God. We should want something more when we walk in. Why do we, and I know sometimes you walk in and say, huh, but we really do, we'll walk these buildings and make sure things look certain ways so that when you walk in, you think, ooh, that's a pig pen. You know, we try to keep things picked up and clean. You know, there's a lot of yellow tape around right now because we got dirt work going on here and we got a hurricane went on over here. But we try to, to make it so you experience when you first walk in here. But that's, it, it should be that way in our lives, though. It shouldn't be about the buildings. We should be able to sit down. When me and Donnie sit down, we should want to be together. You know, we should want to spend time together. And so whenever you read this word, you know, and it says that we need to hold unswervingly, you know, and we not, it says, do not give up on meeting together. You know, you need to meet together. But then as you keep walking along in your faith, you know, because you, now we've established that we've we've experienced grace, we've experienced salvation, hopefully We've experienced our church walking into, with the church, not the building, but walking into church with other believers. So what's the next thing that we need to experience? Right there. Right there. You know, whenever you read scripture, you know, in Acts 2.38, it says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What does it say? Repent. Accept him. And be baptized. That's the first thing we should do. And then it goes on. And you don't have to turn all these places. Matthew 3.16, Luke 3.21, Acts 19.5. All talk about the importance of baptism. Baptism is very important. And so if you want to become a member of Live Oak Baptist Church, that's one of the questions we're going to ask you. One, do you know where you're going to go if you die today? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And the second question is, have you been scripturally baptized by submersion? Because we that's what we believe at Live Oak Baptist Church, that you need to be baptized by submersion. And so, and then so so we've walked through that now, you know, and the other thing that the church does, and you know, this morning we're not doing it, but we recognize the Lord's Supper. You know, we the ordinance of that. And if you go over in Second Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter, I mean 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim to the Lord's um, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. So then, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in, in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. And so, you know, this we do this to remember what He's done for us. And so, you know, we've we've experienced grace, we've experienced salvation, we've experienced the church, we've experienced baptism. Now, this is the next part of the 101 of what we need to do of putting the pieces together. You know, and for a lot of times, I think we take this for granted when we do it. You know, some of us, we really don't hone in and say, you know something? God, I really do need you to forgive me. God, I really do need you to be the number one in my life. Because what does it say in Scripture? This isn't Johnny making this stuff up. What does it say? It says if we do it in an unworthy manner. We're sinning. But we're to do this until the day He comes back. We're to do this in remembrance of Him. We're to do this to remember what He did with His body. We're to do this to remember what He did with His blood for us. And so when we start looking at putting the pieces together, and we start seeing that, What does it mean for us? What does it mean for Johnny Morgan to be able to grow and be that man of God that he's called me to be? And you might be sitting there this morning thinking, well, I I don't want to be a minister. I didn't want to be a minister either. I didn't. And not all of us are going to be called to be pastors or ministers of education or ministers of worship or ministers of students. But there's some of us that are being called to be Sunday school teachers. There's some of us that are being called to be children's workers and youth workers. There's some of us that are being called right now that we just need to have that gift of hospitality and cook meals for people. But how do we know what we're being called to do if we don't grow? How do we know what we're being called to do if we just keep sipping milk out of a sippy cup and we never taste that ribeye? Because that's what God's calling us. He wants us to be more like him. He tells us, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul's telling us that we need to imitate Christ. Are we imitating? Are we coasting? Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Just say that we love you. Father, and I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, and I thank you how you tell us. Father, you command us to hold unswervingly to meeting together Father that we need to meet together we need to make it a priority Father not to come to a church building Father but to be part of a group Father to live life with you and with other people Father sharpening each other holding each other accountable pushing each other to be more like you Father there might be some in here this morning Father that's never asked you to become the Lord of their life and Father today is that day Father, today's the day that we need to ask you for forgiveness and we need to ask you to become the Lord of our life. Father, there might be some in here today, Father, that's hearing this, Father, and they've never, Father, been obedient baptism. Father, and they know today's the day that they need to step out and say, "I, I need to follow that. I need to do this because I love him and I want the whole world to know that I'm a different person. Father, there might be some that needs to make Live Oak Baptists their home. Father, they want to be part of a church that's not afraid to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But Father, we love you. Father, we love you. Father, just be obedient to what you're calling today. In the Son's name I pray. Amen.